Joseph requested if we could do some mudita or sympathetic joy practice. And we thought it was a good idea since we've all got this energy. Well, most of us have this energy to meet of, well, we've only got about a day more left to go. And there's um, that kind of energy of forward looking and joyful about that. And uh, another good reason is that it was Chai Day. And I noticed (laughs) people are really happy around Chai Day. (laughs) So we can continue this this practice of inclining the mind, um, planting those seeds of intention as we did for metta, planting those seeds of intention as we did for equanimity, and see if we can continue to plant plant those seeds of intention for mudita, this joy for the joy of others. Uh, Sometimes it's called sympathetic joy. Sometimes it's called appreciative joy. And for me, I, I really like the description appreciative joy because when I see joy in the joy of someone else, I really appreciate that. It really reminds me that uh, there is joy in this world. It's not just full of dukkha, of suffering, of sorrow. So I really do appreciate the reminders. And seeing the joy in another, if I'm really honest with myself and look deeply, I can see the joy in my own heart, can feel the joy for the joy of another. It's so easy to get stuck in the suffering of our lives, as we all know. It's so easy to get lost in it, to feel like we're drowning in it. And sometimes we need these skillful means to intentionally turn the mind when it seems right for us. And um, that it really does serve to balance the mind in some ways. So... It's most authentic when we see, we experience, we remember the joy, the success, the fulfillment of another, and we truly touch that place of joy in our hearts. Sometimes we have to keep inclining the mind there to remember the joy of another, to remember uh, something that happened in somebody's life that was where they experienced success or fulfillment. And I notice in myself when I practice it intentionally, then the mind develops that pathway, that groove in the mind to go there much more easily than, uh, than to go to sorrow or just as easily than to go to sorrow and open with compassion. So it's uh, important that we do this practice to turn the mind towards joy in this intentional way. The chances of our experiencing joy are really increased six billion to one because (laughs) if we're just happy for the joy of ourselves, that's so limiting, that's so narrow a pathway. But when we can see the joy in other beings um, or situations, uh, there's so many chances for us to experience joy. Even people who are sickly, even people who don't have very much uh, experience joy. So this is uh, 
wishing that the joy of that person, it's well-wishing is metta, it's wishing that the joy of that person continue, deepen, or increase, or maybe it's their prosperity that continues to get, uh, or that continues to increase. Or maybe it's their fulfillment in life, in one area of life that we see happening for them. So again, this Brahma Vihara of Mudita is based in metta. It's based in loving kindness. The, the uh, basic understanding is that we're well-wishing. We're wishing goodwill, not ill-will to a person. And this, so this develops a heart of goodwill in ourselves. When metta turns towards suffering, the aspect of compassion comes out, that aspect of may you be free from your suffering. Um, and so metta turns into something very specific, which is uh, compassion for the suffering of another. When metta turns to joy, the aspect of mudita comes out. It, that metta turns into something more specific, this appreciative joy this sympathetic joy for the joy of another. And so we see that slight energetic change in our hearts, in our minds, and we learn to recognize that, um, how, how it's there for us. Just this morning, I was in the chai line, and first I went by and it was rather long, and I just took quick stock of all the people in the chai line, just, you know just waiting to get to the chai. And I went out and I just noticed in my heart, there was happiness in my heart. Oh, there's chai, not just for me, but for all these people. And then, so I, I came back when the line was a little shorter and there was a person in front, a little bit in front of me, not directly in front. And I saw her go up and get the chai. And then this big smile, came on her face. You're probably wondering, is this me? <laughs> and so um, I just standing there, just noticing the happiness in my own heart. And so the person got her chai and turned around and looked at another person, happy, you know, and that other person smiled at her, you know, ooh, chai. <laughs> so... And I looked at those two people and I thought, oh, may your happiness continue today, you know, in all this suffering that we have to go through sometimes in intensive retreat. May you really get nourished by this happiness today. May it balance your practice out. So I could imagine, you know, one smile to another person and this kind of chai happiness going around. So our, our hearts are really able, when we reflect on it, we're really able to appreciate joy in our lives and appreciate the joy of another, that that can actually happen for, even if it's just short moments of it. So as we give our minds this practice, those seeds of intention get planted in the karmic stream of our minds and hearts, ready to... Uh, to blossom, to bear fruit at when conditions are ripe. 
So for me, the conditions were ripe upon seeing someone who is happy. That, that's the major condition for mudita to arise in our own minds. So the phrases that we use are really down-to-earth, the simple phrase, may your happiness or joy continue, may your prosperity increase, Uh, may your fulfillment last a long time, may you continue to be fulfilled. So whatever you're turning towards, just may there be more of that, may there be a deepening of that, may there be a nourishment from that, whatever whatever the words are that come to you spontaneously and naturally. I sometimes, I just simply say, I'm happy that you're happy. That's all, because there's, there's kind of a double pleasure in that, the happiness of that person, the happiness in my own heart. So I'll say a few phrases at the beginning, but you can just keep them really simple, how, how it works for you naturally. Um, watch out for the near and the far enemy as we do in metta, as we do in equanimity. The far enemy is really easy to see. That's why it's called the far enemy. You can see it from afar. And the far enemy is either jealousy or envy. As I think Andrea brought up the other day, sometimes these Brahma-Vihara practices are liking putting like putting magnets on our hearts. It kind of pulls out some of the defilements. In the, in the space of sympathetic joy, we can see the defilement much more easily. We can see the opposite of sympathetic joy much more easily just because of the contrast. We can see envy or jealousy, and we may hear the words, um, I don't want that person to be happy. You know, and it's really true. It's like you kind of want to hold back any, you don't want them to have any more happiness, not even your little wish, you know, just <laughs> they don't deserve it or whatever, whatever it is. Um, so sometimes it's that way. We don't want them to be happy, somewhat more of an aversive quality. Or sometimes it's like, I want what you have. It's not so much in aversion, it's more in the wanting side. I don't want you to have any more. I want, I want what you have. And so jealousy, envy, sometimes that comes up in our practice. And not to be surprised that actually it will get exposed and it's good that it's coming up and out and it's not buried in there somewhere. So what to do when this happens, as we have both been um, sharing with you, when this happens, any one of the near or far enemies comes out into the forefront, just try to stay with your practice. Sometimes it, it just doesn't matter. It just slips away by itself. You can come back and continue the practice without any bumpiness. Sometimes you have to change the phrase. Sometimes you have to change the person that's okay. Try to stay with the practice of mudita if you can. But if it really gets hard and you're not getting anywhere and you you totally feel stopped, then switch to vipassana. 
take that envy or jealousy and bring mindfulness to it until it subsides and then go back to the practice. Sometimes similar things like comparing mind can come up. These are things that kind of get in the way. Just, oh, I'm not as good as that person. Or that person is better than I am because of their fulfillment, their success, what they have. And so we really feel that kind of um, our own minds getting smaller, comparing. Sometimes we diminish them. Sometimes we diminish ourselves in this comparing mind. And also that gets thicker when there's judging or criticizing that, of that person, that that's a bad person. And, uh, you know, the story that Steve always tells when he was practicing in the monastery for a long period of time, he was practicing metta, and it was during the time in the 80s when there was that uprising in Burma, and he came to the difficult person area, and he thought about the generals in Burma, and um, he couldn't he couldn't um, offer metta to them or any kind of goodwill to them. He was doing metta then, actually, and he went to the teacher, his teacher at that time, and the teacher said, "No, they deserve goodwill." as well as anybody else, that the practice is all about being able to offer our goodwill, and in this case, the goodwill of appreciative joy, of sympathetic joy. May it continue. May, may you prosper in what is wholesome. And so um, it's kind of dissolving the boundaries between oneself and other, just as I wish to be happy May you also be happy, that kind of thing. So watching that criticizing, judging mind uh, about that person is bad, doesn't deserve to uh, have this kind of joy. The other, on the other hand, there is exuberance. This is the near enemy of appreciative joy. It's called the near enemy because it can seem like uh, mudita, it can seem like appreciative, sympathetic joy. But actually, there's some attachment there. One way there's attachment there is we can, get, we can just get so attached to happiness itself that um, you know, we get exuberant about it. And then the, the person's joy, that other person's joy, is really out of our minds. It's just our own getting exuberant about the pleasant aspect of that joy in ourselves, overzealous about it. Um, Sometimes attachment occurs because there's some agenda in our minds about the joy of another. Say someone wins the lottery and we want to share their happiness, but we've got this little agenda to share their winnings as well. You know, so we're really happy, you know, and we're sidling up against them a little more than usual. So this is, this is where the near enemy comes in with this uh, mudita. So let's do the, the practice now. And <clears throat> very similar to the progression of metta.
I'll give you a sense of the of timing um, by just letting you know, to know when you could go on to the next one. But you can stay where you are uh, with a particular individual if you want. Um, and the words are really easy, so I'll just give them to you in the beginning. And you can make up your own, too. <clears throat> so let's establish the posture again. Relaxed, tranquil and alert. Stabilizing the attention by coming to the heart center. Letting all of the words dissolve. And just trusting one's own experience. It's a very simple practice. We begin with a person that we know experiencing some happiness, joy, success, fulfillment in their life. It's usually in one part of their lives, not in the whole of their life, of course. So tuning into that, Remembering, reflecting, letting the pictures come up of their life, their smile, their joy. May your happiness continue. May you be nourished by your joy. Keep coming back to this area saying your phrase, reflecting.
once in a while, noticing the quality of your own heart. Now moving on to a benefactor or a friend. First choice, best choice usually. Tune into their joy, their fulfillment. their success in life. I'm happy that you're happy.
and then a loved one, a dear friend.
Moving on to a neutral person. Perhaps someone here.
And lastly, the difficult person. When we can't come up with some part of their lives we know they enjoy or prosper in, we can say whatever happiness there is in your life, may that continue. Whatever fulfillment there is in your life, may that continue.
continuing to hold that person in your mind's eye, your heart center. And beside that person, putting your benefactor and the other side, your dear friend or loved one. And somewhere nearby, the person, the first person that you practiced with, the one that experiences a lot of joy, also the neutral person nearby. And wishing all of these loving kindness. So from the heart of mudita, shifting to metta. May you all be safe and protected. May all the wholesome states of mind and wisdom always protect you. Expanding that to include all of our family, our dear friends, having them nearby. May you all be peaceful, happy, radiating, pervading loving kindness to all of these in this group. Remembering all of our teachers, our Dharma teachers, our parent and grandparent teachers, our children teachers, all the teachers that we can bring to this group. May you all be safe. Radiating goodwill to all of these. Then including everyone here. May all beings here be safe, protected, on your inner and outer journeys. May wisdom and compassion be your constant companions. Enlarging that field of metta to include all the beings here on this land, all the human beings and all the creatures. May your home always be safe. May you feel safe and protected in all ways.
and then expanding out as far and wide beyond any boundaries as your heart can go. All the beings of the waters, all the beings of the land, all the beings of the air, and beyond. May all beings in all directions, without exception, in all realms of existence, those seen and unseen, known and unknown, may you all be happy. May you all be peaceful. May you all be liberated. 